yeah, let's do that. Okay. So. Okay, it's recording on my end. Record on this computer. Sweet. You're recording. I'm recording. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Kettering Connect, the weekly videocast and podcast where Pastor Andrea and I get to hang out every week, spend a few minutes talking about the scriptures that we just taught on the previous weekend. And uh, because our county here is in purple, right, usually Andre and I, we still, right, with social distancing and wear masks and stuff, but we're usually in the same room talking about the scriptures and stuff. Um, but today we are in separate spots, as you can see, and we don't have the masters, Alan and Tim, with us. So hopefully this works because we're trying to figure it out all by ourselves, and if it doesn't work, it's totally on us because uh, we don't have we don't know what we're doing. That's right. right. Uh, but yeah, but Jason is the one who had, had the sermon this weekend, and it was if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it because it was amazing. Um, just a really powerful, the Lord. super fun. So, yeah, it was wonderful. Um, so yeah, Honestly, it's just, it's just the, what I needed. The what? It's just what I needed to hear, right? So if, if other people were like, oh, yeah, that's what I needed to, well, good, because it's honestly it's just what I was needing. So yeah. perfect. And that's why I think God calls us to preach, because it's always for for us, right? Every single time I preach, yeah. I know it's just like, okay, if you're going to say that, you really need to pay attention to that. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I heard, I had a, a homiletics professor tell me one time that we preach best what we need to hear most. And uh, I have discovered that's true. So wow. anyway, so praise the Lord. It was super fun. So thanks for the opportunity. So we were talking, okay, so we're in the series where we're going over the values of our church. Um, and it's called, is it called Next? I'm a terrible pastor. Yes. I think it's called Next, right? Gettering <laughs> Next. That's what it's called. Gettering Next, yes. Woo! Right. So we're talking about the values. And so this last weekend, we were talking about Behold. Uh, one of our values, and that's what kind of, and I was going through all sorts of different passages, but I was really just really drawn to this passage uh, in Second Kings 6, especially in light of what I talked about in the message, especially in light of all things 2020. Mm -hmm. So, so we're just going to read it, right? Yeah, so for everyone watching at home, uh, if you're listening and you're driving your car, just listen along. Uh, please don't turn to your scriptures, but, but we're going to be in 2 Kings 6, and we're just going to read verses 8 to 23. And yeah. You want me to it. start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'll just go to like verse 16, or was there another cutoff point? Um. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 16, and then we'll do the rest. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with a servant, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice." Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called the servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. I love how you pointed that out in the sermon. <laughs> 
that would be definitely how creepy is that can you imagine someone telling you that oh so by the way uh (laughs) i know it's like the things that you say in secret you want anybody to to hear you uh right well and it's kind of like i've ever been talking like a conversation in a room and like you say a word and like siri somehow comes to life and anyway that's that's scary there is definitely times i'm talking about something or or um i just say yeah i just say it and then suddenly i have all these posts on facebook that are advertising for that exact thing and i'm just right wow how is this possible anyways yes keep going so he said go and see where he is that i may send and get him and it was told him saying surely he is in dothan Therefore, the king sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Yes, then, verse 17, Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, <laughs> Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me, and I will take you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria, which for all those keep a check at home, that would be the capital of the kingdom of Israel. (laughs) Um, Verse 20, as soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, this would be Jehoram, he shouted to Elisha, my father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? He asked twice. I think that's, and we'll talk about that later. Um, I kind of feel like he wanted to. Verse 22, of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and then sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Um, and the scriptures don't say exactly how much time went by. It probably would have been some time, but if we were to keep on going a few verses later, they come back again. So um, it's short-lived, <laughs> this little period of peace. Yeah. But there's still some really interesting things to, to bring out. So, um, yeah, I talked about some stuff. Uh, Andrea, what, anything, you know, kind of jumped to mind as, as we read this here, especially, at, you know, the beginning? To me, it's just, I, I still, I will never forget how he did the, then when the servant comes out and he's saying, he's looking at the army and you're like, okay, let, there's, there's the two of us. And then there's how many, and kind of, that just made me crack up so bad. It was hilarious. Um, and I mean, that's really the point. It's just like, you made that point really clear. There is just a ton of them and there is just the two of them. And yet right. in the story, you see the things that they don't see, which is the invisible army that's surrounding them. And that right. is just incredible and, and such an amazing point. And that's, that's really 
I think that's what you were trying to bring out, that there is this, this other invisible world, which, you know, the, the reason for the great controversy, um, right. That's why it is out there because of Satan and uh, fighting against God. And so there is this whole other world that we don't see. And once in a while we get glimpses of it. Right. Otherwise we don't really get to see it. and we don't, and we stop thinking about it, but it's very real. And that's why right. it's so good to, to be reminded of it because that gives us hope. Right. It seems like there are times when like, it's almost like there are two realities, right? There's the reality we see and interact with, and then there's some somehow like this supernatural, like this greater reality. And I think sometimes like even in human life, like in our regular goings, um, you know, especially when it comes to like when we're with kids or around kids, right? They kind of see the world through their eyes and their perspective. And then there's like the adult world. And it's not that the adult reality is different. It's just the perspective is different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the What they can see and understand is different. Um so yeah, and so to me, it kind of makes me pause and wonder, what is the supernatural, the supernatural reality that I'm not seeing, right? That's around all the time, uh, just in the regular decisions of life or the regular situations of life. So yeah, Charles Spurgeon, it's, he has a really interesting quote here. He says, uh, quote, that you have not perceived spiritual things is true, but it is no proof that there are none to perceive. The whole case is like that of the Irishman who tried to upset evidence by non-evidence. Four witnesses saw him commit a murder. He pleaded that he was not guilty and wished to establish his innocence by producing four persons who did not see him do it. Of what use would that have been? So if 40 people declared that there is no power of the Holy Ghost going with the word, this only proves that the 40 people do not know what others do know. Uh, so... Yeah. Yeah, just this reality of just because certain people don't see something doesn't mean that it it's not there, right? There is this other greater supernatural reality. That's right. Well, and it's very interesting. I have a friend who, um, I said it's pretty much since I was a kid. I mean, I've known that um, the devil is is very real, and I've experienced it in my own life. And at some point, I'll share my story of um like you know satan like literally attempting to get to me um but i've known my whole life because i've had so many different friends who have had this and i had a friend who when i was in the seminary talked about how he would have debate with people about uh the supernatural stuff and that you know certain things happen or don't happen and and people would say okay well um you know the, the supernatural is is not real and he said that okay, well, how is it possible then that, for example, I'm in my room because he had some of the like demonic influence in his life before. And he said that he's had like uh, his Bible just being picked up and thrown in the room. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so he was telling them, well, then how do you answer that kind of stuff? Because those things are real. They happen and people mm-hmm. have experienced them, right? And so there are things that, yes, maybe lots of people don't experience, but there are those who do. And they know mm-hmm. um, that, that that is real. Well, the question I want to read was, how do you think that angels are involved present day? Just because I think that's such a really great question. And right. 
we were talking about this right before this, that there are people who say, okay, well, there's so many miracles and things that are happening all the time, all over the Bible. How come they don't happen to us? Um, and I, I know you were saying, I don't know, because I started saying this, you had said, okay, well, but there are things that we also don't really pay attention to. And that's why we don't really realize they're miracles. But at the same time, also, we also have to see that the Bible spans lots and lots of years. Right. And so right. it's not like you have these miracles happening constantly all the time either, or that like these, these unbelievable, huge things are happening. It's like a huge thing happens and then there are years when nothing happens. And then a huge thing happens that that's written about and then nothing happens. So it's not like it is constantly written about all the time. Um, so, and it's not just like, um, like every single day they had something that was going on. That was some big thing, but there were always small things. And those small things that we sometimes forget that, uh, that there are real and that God is protecting us from even those little things that we don't know, because we just don't know what could have happened today. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. We, we never know what we don't know. And so like, and that's the other thing, like, and I think I talked about it a couple sermons ago. I, I don't remember when, but something I, especially when it comes to the scriptures is within the scriptures, we have the, I call it the insight of hindsight. So, you know, when we're living life in real time, it's like, oh, I, it's the red lights or, you know, oh, I'm late to work. Oh, I couldn't find my keys. So therefore I was late to whatever. But then you come to find out if you, if, this is just a hypothetical situation, right? But then come to find out if you would have had your keys and you would have hit the road, like then there was like this pile up on 75 or something, um, right? There's an accident. Um, and, and so sometimes I think we, yeah. we recognize miracles, but from the other side of history. Right. We don't always recognize it in real time. Yeah. And this is from the other side of history. But I wonder for them, you know, maybe not in this story specifically, because it's pretty <laughs> concrete, but in other biblical stories in the moment, did they really understand what was happening? And probably mm-hmm. not. Right. Depending on the story. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I actually think we like God is involved in our lives all the time. And I think mm-hmm. he's he, I do think we experience miracles every single day. We just may not know it in real time or recognize it in real time. But I think one day we will. Well, and I mean, you have those those Psalms like Psalm 91 that talks about the angels encamping around the people of God. Sure. Right. So this is not something new and it has it's not like the angels aren't anymore around us. They are. They're still there. Right. There are mm-hmm. those again, those certain moments where we know that that God is real through those, through these things. When sometimes an angel does make themselves, make themselves real in some way. Um, sure. My sister, when she was probably about 10, she was sitting on a, on a wall and I have no idea why she was sitting there because it was really like a steep way down. So as she was sitting on it, she suddenly started falling. And if she would have fallen, she would have probably died because just the, how high it was, but she felt a hand that just like mm-hmm. pushed on her from the back and put her back up. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't answer, you can't answer those things. That is something that sure. is came clearly came from God. And so God is right. still real. And there's the angels are still there for us, taking care of us. And another thing that I can think of is 
And you could definitely say, well, maybe that wasn't an angel. But to me at that moment, it felt like God had answered my prayer. So I was, when I, when we lived in Michigan one time, I was, uh, I was at work and I was coming back from work and I had to go through some back roads and it had just snowed and it had been snowing for like, for, well, it seemed like forever while I was at work. And then there was just a ton of snow on the road. I mean, like, I don't know how much because I'm terrible, but like this. Yeah, several I'm feet. Yeah, to, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to drive through it and I don't even know where the lanes are. So I'm praying because I don't want to get off the road or I'm going to end up in a ditch and just never come out of it. Um, and I can't see. And even with my glasses on, I'm just like, you know, there's times where I'm just like, I don't know if I like have spatial recognition correct or not. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> So anyway, so I am driving and I'm scared to death and I'm just praying, asking God to do something. And suddenly there is a truck that just kind of comes up from the side and gets in front of me. And I'm just like kind of really close to him. And I followed him all the way to my street to get home. Right. So he was just like in front of me that whole time. And the whole time I just knew exactly where to go because he was right there. And so right. to me, that was an answer to my prayer. And I don't know whether it was an angel or was a person, but it was definitely God using a person to help me because I needed that. Right. <laughs> because I had asked. Right. Well, and that's the thing. And, and I would argue that, sure, that, that could be a miracle. And I think people, if we actually pause in our lives, we can reflect and like, yeah, no, God showed up here. I, I, I think we could see God sightings every day. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, let's keep going. Um, something else I find interesting. So, so Elisha answers for Gehazi's uh, eyes to be opened. And, you know, we talked about that in the teaching. But what's interesting, and I did mention it, but I didn't really belabor it because it was already way too long. And so I apologize for that. But, uh, you know, I get excited about stuff. But it, it, the prayer, to me, he prayed something different than what I would pray, right? I would pray for the whole situation to go away, change yeah. the situation, you know, make them get confused, make them, right? There are other times in the Bible where, like, the enemy starts, like, fighting each other, like, have them do that. He doesn't pray for any of that stuff. It was, and so it's kind of like Elisha saw something Clearly, God didn't see, but also the enemy didn't see. Um, so he prays for the eyes to be opened. He sees the the horses and the chariots of fire. And then the very next verse, it says, um, verse 18, as the Aramean army, as the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed. So he sees this. Oh, God is with me. Wow. Okay. There's this supernatural warfare going on. We're good. God is here with me. The enemy still advances. And I think sometimes it's like, okay, we recognize, okay, God is with me. Yay. That means everything will go away, right? No, no, it doesn't. In fact, one could even argue the situation kind of got worse, right? Now they're advancing toward them, uh, which I think is that's just kind really of a, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that's a really good point, even for right now, for the pandemic, you know, because we right. sometimes get this idea that, well, if God is real, then all of these terrible things will just go away. Um, that he's supposed to do that. And obviously that's a viewpoint again from when you don't really know the the fact that there is that battle between good and evil. And, and, and also when we forget about the fact that there is that battle between good and evil. And we just mm -hmm. want God to just, you know, do something. Um, but it doesn't happen like that, not on this earth. 
that things just kind of disappear and are perfect. And we can't explain it. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's so interesting that he asks for him to open up his eyes, not for everything to just disappear, because that is what I do. I definitely ask God, right. you know, make make things uh, perfect. And so that's why that yeah. of open up my eyes is so important because really that is what I should be praying. That God opens up my eyes, gives me his perspective on things and not my own, not what I see because mm-hmm. I get so narrow focused, right? And, and like, this is where I'm at. It's like, I'm living in my own tunnel and that's all I see. Right. Whereas God can see the other things. And so opening my eyes is so important. Well, yeah, no, I agree. And I think uh, we've talked about it before in other Kettering Connects, and I don't remember the context, but this whole idea of, you know, I, I believe that the the temptation that is the root of all temptation uh, that I think is a part of the meta narrative of scripture is to trust, should I trust myself or should I trust God? Mm-hmm. And And sometimes what we see influences who I trust. Right. And so it's almost like, okay, this is still another lesson on trusting God, not trusting what I can see and figure out, man, two of us and you're an old dude against all of them. That's trusting myself and what I can figure out. But then when he opens his eyes and he sees this other supernatural reality, now he's right. It's almost like there's this trust issue. At the end of the day, it's like a trust issue. Okay. I'm going to trust God with this. I I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. I wish it wasn't here. But I'm just going to trust God with it, and 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 they'll get us through when they do, or He does, yeah. uh, which is interesting. Oh. So let's go to the. To, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Let me just uh, read the question that I think kind of has to do with this. There's another question that came in that says, um, "How is God in the middle of COVID? Where is the fire? And have you had a focus change in this? If so, what is it?" And that's a tough question. Yeah, it is. I think, you know, as we talk with people, not not just our church members, but just other people, you know, there have been, and, um, I, and it's terrible, okay, just to be clear, I'm not saying that it's a good thing at all. It's, it's terrible. However, the scriptures do say that God can take what was meant, what the enemy meant for evil, right, and turn it for good, right? He can still work good in the midst of evil and, and chaos. And, you know, for some people, it has helped them prioritize their life and how they spend time, right? Because now all of a sudden, they don't have to be rushing off to this, and they don't have to have their kids super involved in that. And, you know, because because some things aren't a choice anymore, now it's almost intrinsically, for some of us, uh, we have more margin in life. And it kind of has helped prioritize a little bit, right? And, I mean, I just think that could be a reason or, or, you know, I forget exactly how you phrased well, and, it. But. And hopefully that is something that we don't forget, right? That once things right. kind of get back to normal, although perhaps normal is going to be differently defined from this point on. Um, right. But when they do, you know, are we just going to forget that or are we not? Then it is really about us too. It's, it's a choice on, am I going right. to now continue to, to follow up on some of the lessons that I have learned? Because I learned the same right. thing. I have learned that maybe there are certain things that I didn't really necessarily need in my life and that I was so busy in that 
weren't really doing anything except for making me busy. And I think we talked about this, right. but Joyce Meyer talks, has this one phrase that I think is so awesome where she says, our lives are not supposed to be about being busy, but about being fruitful. And so I think right. for me, this pandemic has kind of helped me refocus to think, okay, am I being fruitful or am I just being busy? You know, and I still can forget that even now, even during the pandemic, because even during the pandemic, I mean, you know, we as pastors, we're crazy busy right now. And so still be just so busy that you are not really being fruitful. And so that is a a great lesson. Um, Yeah, no, 100 percent. And I think I've talked to several high school students and, and even their families where like parents will admit during this time, I mean, I'm stuck with my kid more than. I was planning on it or planning to, and like, it's been a space to learn more about their kid and like how many relationships have actually improved or, you know, maybe there was a broken relationship and, and after spending time with each other, they hearts start to soften. And then, you know, one apologizes to the other. And, you know, so I think, you know, there can be glimpses of light, even in, in dark spaces such as, you know, where we are with COVID. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think praying what you were talking about um, during this time is also important that God helps us to see it from his perspective and not, yeah. not ours. So it is a great yeah, lesson. For sure. Was there, I know you, I jumped in and you were going to say something else or you were going to go to another point, um, another point. I was just, so, uh, Okay, so Elijah prays and that, okay, so for Gehazi's eyes to be opened, he sees the enemy attacks, then Elijah prays a second, and it's it's like the exact opposite of what he prayed for Gehazi, what he prays for the army, uh, for the Arameans. He prays, okay, um, now make them blind. Yeah. <laughs> Just close their eyes. Um, and so the Lord struck them with blindness, as Elisha had asked, uh, verse 18. Um, and so some people are like, okay, so does that mean they're just all like, how big of a trip would that be? You see your enemy, they're actually starting to walk, right? So, you know, I imagine, and, you know, someday we can ask these guys, okay, what was it really like? But, you know, I imagine, so here's this army, they've surrounded Elisha, and they're starting to move in on Elisha and Gehazi, and then all of a sudden, then what, right? Is it just dark? Um, and I'm not really sure. One day we can find out, but it does say the next verse, verse 19, it says, then Elisha went out and told them, you have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me. So I'm not sure how this works. Like, is it, are they totally blind? Are they just blind enough to not recognize Elisha and the whole situation, but they can still kind of see, but they still kind of like can't see. Like if we take our glasses off, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, but I do think it's, it's interesting that, with you know one verse later after okay open his eyes okay now for them close their eyes you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely that play with the blindness and the open then the opening of the eyes because you see it several times and that's what i have underlined in my bible it's like how many times it says open their eyes you know open his eyes and so it's it's definitely there several times and that is one of the major points of this passage the fact that you know, we are not to be blind, but that our eyes are to be opened uh, to to God's uh, leading and perspective and just spiritually opened. Um, right. 
And that's what, yes. yeah, you can see that. So apparently, you know, they, they can't see enough, so they start following him. And then he leads them to downtown Samaria, uh, right? The capital of, you know, for of, of Israel at the time. So for the Arameans, this is like the enemy, right? So they're just, I, I just, one day I want to ask, how did the scene actually go down, right? Because we can yeah. kind of imagine. So they're just like, so they're on horses, they have chariots. So they're just like trotting along, right? You know, walking. And then, and then Elisha says, okay, now open their eyes. And he does. And when they open their eyes, they realize, oh, snap, we're in enemy territory. Like, it just would have been a complete, you know, just yeah. mind job for them. Like, wait, what is, what is happening? And then I love what Jehoram says, the, the king of Israel. He says, hey, should we kill him? Should we kill him? He asked twice uh, in verse 21. And yeah. Elisha said, no, no, don't kill him. They're prisoners of war. And and, that, and this to me, this is... Again, I didn't talk about it at all because, you know, it gets really long. But it is interesting. Elisha responds to the evil that was, you know, that was going against him with generosity and kindness, uh, right? And it says, throw them a feast, um, which would have cost some money. It would have taken some work. So not only are they not killing their enemy, mm-hmm. they're blessing them with over-the-top generosity and kindness. Yeah. And I just wonder how much, you know, evil or darkness that comes our way from, you know, all sorts of areas or people or situations. But what if I responded with generosity and kindness? Like how, you know, how much better would that make the situation? Well, and even in, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know you're talking about maybe like things that come at you, but how about, I mean, just in a relationship with your spouse. I mean, there is times where, you know, um, I react out of complete impatience and really I should have been, you know, generous and kind no matter what is going on, because there's always yeah. something that, you know, perhaps the other person is going through. Right. And all I see is their response instead of, uh, um, I don't really know where it's coming from the, you know, perhaps the frustration, maybe there's something that happened that day. There's something on their mind and they're just saying something because they're out of their own frustration because of something that happened. And I don't see it. And all I'm focusing on, okay, was, is, is just what they just said. Um, and right. so this generosity to, to everybody that is shown here, I think is, is so important. And it was such a great reminder for us to be, not just hospitable, but be kind, even when yeah. someone else isn't. Right. No, just be kind and generous. Yeah, because like kind of what you're saying, everybody is going through something, right? And we don't know what the next person is going through. Um, and again, I think it's also kind of this, perhaps one of the overarching themes of this pericope, this passage, is just the reality of perspectives. And... Just because you have a certain perspective, that doesn't mean that there aren't other layers to it, right? Another layer to the perspective. And um, yeah, and, and this, this other reality that, no, you see this, but God sees something bigger. And, um, and, and yeah, maybe we should just respond with more kindness and generosity. So yeah. anyway, it was super just fun. Keep, and yeah. yeah. And just keep praying for God to open up our eyes. Yeah, that's it. Because he's around, right? God, he does stuff all the time in in, in us and 
through us and around us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just the, our eyes are open to see him in, with yeah. us in, in the middle, as I was talking about. So. Yeah. And I, and I pray that a lot and I probably don't say it in these exact words, you know, open up my eyes, but I say that a lot, Lord, please help me to see things from your perspective, because I know that there is more to things that I just can't see. And I, when I just focus on my own way, I am in that tunnel and I don't want to be in that tunnel. I want to be able to see things from his perspective. And there is, and it's so crazy though, because I don't even know how to explain it. I just know that there is more, right? And even saying that, okay, God, please show me things from your perspective. I don't even know half the time what that really means, but I know that I need it. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I just keep praying and asking it. And it's just like, I get this glimpse of what it could possibly be that, um, that I can see with God. And that right. just excites me that there is right. is more that I on my own do not see and cannot see. Yep. No, so true. There's always more to the story. Mm-hmm. Always more to the story. Cool. Well, will you pray for us and then uh, we'll finish up? Lord God, thank you for the discussion that we've had for this incredible story that there is so much to learn from for us. And I pray that you help us, continue to help us as we go through things in our lives, help us to see things from your perspective and not ours, because when we look at things just from here, the earthly perspective, we get discouraged. But there is so much more that you want to give us and that you want to show us and that um, gives us hope when we see things from your perspective, even when things here on earth aren't completely changing the way we would want them to be. So just give us that perspective that's from you. Help us to see um, that and just trust in the fact that you are there for us and that there is more and that your angels are surrounding us and taking care of us and that you will never leave us. I thank you for that and just put us all into your hands. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. Well, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Andrea. Thank you for watching and or listening. And uh, yeah, we'll connect next week. As uh, Pastor Andrea, are you you're preaching this weekend? I probably yeah. should know this. I totally don't. I am. Yeah. Okay. And then we have so we'll, people after that. So next yeah. week. Maybe. No, it's awesome. Sweet. All, right. all right. Have a good week and we'll see you later. Yeah. See you, everyone. Okay, ready? Right. Yep. <laughs> All right. Ready. I will just hey. Uh, Sorry. No, it's okay. Okay, go ahead. And stop.